the ordinary discussion podcast maybe one of these i'll get i'll get uh without choking up a little bit but uh his grace is so abundant that i it's impossible for me to understand and receive everything that he's done for me but the challenge that i have <clears throat> given myself is to to every day try more and more to receive it and to ask the lord for more and more faith and more and more trust in him that i can truly walk out what he's done for me because uh, sometimes where I am, um, uh, where I am in life doesn't feel, <laughs> it doesn't feel like maybe I think it should, knowing what Jesus has done for me. And, um, and that makes it tough to walk out at times. But um, I think it's really important that we do that. And as, as, as disciples that, that hopefully want to make disciples, that, that we try hard daily to walk it out because as we walk it out and find more and more of those freedoms, as we receive more and more of what he's done for us, then more and more people around us can see that in our lives and it will help build their faith and trust and allow them to walk it out as well. Hello, hello. Jeremy McComas here with Ordinary Discussions. Uh, we have, as I always say, another great podcast for you today. <laughs> we have our special guest, very regular guest, uh, Emily Webb, Director of Ordinary Women, here to discuss our first principle of discipleship, which is what, Emily? Accept him. Accept him. Tell me about mm-hmm. it. What, do you, what, what should people know? What, why should they listen? Well, they should listen because if you want to be a disciple, you have to know step one. Mm, yeah, good one. <laughs> and if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's very hard to be a disciple. Honestly. Yeah. Did you guys also know that accept him is not in, in the Bible? I didn't know that until you... Wrote it down. Well, I don't know. I hope somebody that can't prove me wrong, <laughs> but that's what I read. I read it's not in the Bible. And so uh, it, we'll also find out that there's two, there's two parts to accepting Jesus. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I cannot wait. It seems like one of those uh, softball pitches, easy topics, like, oh, why are we even discussing this? You know, if you're not a believer already, maybe you don't, maybe, maybe you're thinking, I don't know what you mean by that. But if you already accepted Christ, you're probably thinking, why do we need to discuss this as disciples? But just hold on. I think it gets pretty deep Mm -hmm. and uh, I I really enjoy this, this topic actually. So are you ready? Ready. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for listening. As I always say, please like, subscribe, share the podcast. Let's get the good word out. And um, thank you so much for being uh, listeners and supporting us. So, um, let's get this going. Ready, Emily? Let's do this. (laughs) Oh, you beat me to it. All right. See you guys. (laughs) Let's do this. Emily Webb. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Do you think people think that it's a different day because you took your jacket off? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I fooled anyone? <laughs> well, you may have, except I didn't change my shirt. Thanks for, thanks for calling me out. <laughs> Nobody remembers. That was two weeks ago. You're right. I mean, why? it's so funny. It reminds me of a, you know, sometimes I've spent my life worrying about what people think about me, which is really stupid that, that I even spent any time, but I'm sure somebody listening can, can relate. And there's an old quote that says, uh, until 40, I always worried what people thought about me mm-hmm. from 40 to 50. I stopped worrying what people thought about me 
when I turned 50, I realized no one ever thought about me in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so true. We're all, we're all so worried about ourselves. Nobody pays attention to what you wore yesterday or the last podcast, but we all think they do. It's true. Yeah. I will say, I think 30, I think 30 is when I started, like stopped caring. Like 30 is when I felt like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a real person and who cares what other people think? Yeah. I think it was, it was more of my forties. I felt like I gained confidence in thirties. Yeah, I think so. It was more of my forties. I'm 44 now, but. Only four years you felt good. Well, I mean, I don't know that you feel bad because you're, you're concerned what people think about you. I, I just, it's more freeing when, when you care less. Yeah. I, I, I'm not there a hundred percent though, but, but I, mm-hmm. I think what I'm realizing in my forties is that no one's really thinking about you. <laughs> when no, you think I know. no one thinks about you as much as you think about yourself. No. And when they are thinking about you, it's usually not in the way that you think. And, right. um, if they are negatively thinking about you, it's probably over stuff that who really cares? Like they, it's their issue. Right. right. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a, it's a great quote. Well, okay. awesome. Um, let's dive into this. Uh, our first, our first top, our first topic principle of <laughs> discipleship, which is accept him. So uh, help me out here, Emily, you, you want to lead off? Well, I think this one's going to seem pretty like you, like you said in the intro, it's going to seem pretty easy on the surface, but I think it's a little more complicated than people realize. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. Um, just the concept of accept him in general, um, as I understand it, is not in the word of God. But we use it a lot in the Christian world. Like it's a it's a oh, Christianese okay. term, right? It's like, have you accepted him, right? I've accepted Christ. Have you accepted him? It's like, well, what does that even mean? Because I don't, I don't believe it's in the word of God. And so not that that means it's wrong because it's not there. It's just we need to define what that means to accept him. And I think accept him... Uh, actually goes a little deeper than just I've accepted him and, or, or I've um, here I am. I'm using the same word. Accept him is it goes deeper than um, uh, I'm, I'm born again, or we talked about that in a, in a previous yeah. session or I'm saved, right? Mm-hmm. I'm saved. So I think it goes, it, it takes it even like another step because accepting him. Yeah. I think is part of that. A.W. A.W. Tozer, I always say Towser. Mm-hmm. Tozer says it's a culmination. It's the sum of two things, which is believing and receiving. And so when I read that, it really kind of, it kind of shook me a bit like, wait a minute, what does he even mean? It's the culmination of believing and receiving. And um, so I think that's going to be what we dive in today is like, what does it really mean to accept him? What does it mean to believe and receive what Jesus has done for us? Yeah. And I think there's so many great um, examples of what that could mean, like to put it in to very real terms of what it means to believe in something and then also to receive it to receive it to be truth, right? Yeah. Do you have any? I have a, I have a good personal experience um, that goes along with that. Yours, well, you start. Yeah, let's hear yours. Okay. So um, when I graduated college, I went to Africa for a couple months and we were teaching in these small villages in Ghana, West Africa. And one of the days they decided to take us on this little field trip out into the woods. And so we did a bunch of hiking and whatever um, through the mountains. And we got to this one point, and this is a true story. I know it sounds like one of those silly illustrations that people say, but this was an honest to God, true story. We get to this rickety old bridge that crosses this giant ravine. And I have 
uh, number one, a fear of falling and number two, like an extreme fear of heights. And so the bridge was so bad that you had to have one person cross at a time. And that was it. And the whole thing shook the entire time. And I'm not joking. It was like a football field distance, mm. this crazy bridge. Um, so believing, right, would be, I believe that bridge is going to hold me. I look at it. I mean, I've seen other people cross it. So I know that they're not dying. I believe that I can make it across, right? But the receiving part is that first step onto the bridge. So it didn't actually hold me. It didn't actually, um, my faith wasn't a reality until I took that first step and crossed over that ravine, right? So you have to have both of those things in order for your faith to be real, in order for, um, for you to accept Christ. You have to believe what he did for you and you have to be able to receive it. Um, so I don't know. That's like when I think about this concept and when I think about my salvation, I think about that story every time because for me, it was such a real moment. And one of those things that, that, like when God takes a moment in real life and then he just applies it to your faith. Like I can remember so clearly in that moment, him speaking to me about salvation from that first step. So it was, a, I don't know for me personally, um, that's what it means to believe and to receive. What about you? Yeah. I, I think as I dug into this topic, um, you know, the verse that comes to mind is, is James two nineteen, mm-hmm. And James says, you believe there's one God good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Well, the demons clearly are not children of God. And so I think there's, there's much more to believing than just this concept of like, do you believe he's God? And I'm not trying to act like, trust me, I am not saying there's anything in us that creates salvation or there's something we do. It's Mm -hmm. just that it requires a level of faith that's more than just recognizing, yeah, he's God. Because if it, if it was that, that simple, then the demons, it says here the demons believe and Satan believes, right? So yeah. there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's another aspect of it, which is we need to receive what he's done for us. And that, that mm-hmm. requires true faith. <clears throat> you know, there's another example. I mean, not that people need to hear too, but maybe it's just... It helps with the concept. I think it's very, very similar to yours, but I read it in a, uh, gosh, what was the name of that book? Um, it was a book on, on worry. Um, but um, hmm. I think it was my wife's book. Uh, I read it because I wanted to relate with some things that she was dealing with. And then I actually ended up dealing with some of the same things through anxiety and some things. And so it became very uh, beneficial to me. I think it was Calm My Anxious Heart. There's nothing manly about the oh, cover. Yeah. It has a bunch of flowers on it. But yeah. I don't care if you're a, a, the strongest dude in the world listening to this. If you struggle at all with that uh, worry or anxiety or panic, uh, that book is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And um, she talks about having faith. And a lot, of, a lot of our anxiety and our fear comes from lack of faith. And, and, and trust in the Lord. And she, and she talks about this concept of there's a guy that has a, a, a tightrope across uh, the uh, Niagara Falls, and everybody's watching him. And he says, do you believe that I can cross this, this tightrope? And people are a little doubtful, right? And he goes across it, and he's wobbling, and he makes it, and he comes back, and he's like, 
now do you believe? And they're all, yeah, we believe. Yeah, they cheer. And, and then he says, do you believe I can cross it with a wheelbarrow? And then a few people are like, yeah, we, I think we believe. And so he goes across with a wheelbarrow, comes back, and he's like, now do you believe? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, do you think I could cross it with a dog in the wheelbarrow? And now at that point, people are really starting to believe in this guy. And they're like, yes, 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 do it. So he, this big old dog is moving around, and he's moving, and it's, you know, shaking, and he does it and comes back. And, th- and then he says, do you guys believe in the whole the crowd? Yes, we believe, you know, all excited. And he says, who will come with me in the wheelbarrow? And <laughs> nobody, nobody raises their hands. And I think, unfortunately, it's a sad, it's a sad truth yeah. in, my, in my own life. Mm-hmm. But that's how I've been in my faith. And I'm sure I'm that way to, the, to this day in a lot of ways because God is building my faith daily. But I, be, I think that is accepting Christ, is when, mm-hmm. when he calls you to jump in the wheelbarrow with him, mm-hmm. uh, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm jumping in. Because mm-hmm. I, I think to be a disciple that makes disciples, because that's the context of what we're looking at this. That's the lens we're looking at, right? Is this is a principle mm-hmm. of discipleship. We must accept him. And so what, what does that even mean in the context of discipleship? Well, it means, first off, that you must be saved, obviously. You can't make disciples unless you're saved and following the man that you're trying to model his life and point right. people to. But there's also a, a receiving of what he's done for us and walking that out in our lives. So I think that takes us back to some of the studies we did <clears throat> In the past, like the blood, right? The blood of Christ. It's one thing to believe in the blood of Christ. It's another thing to receive what the blood of Christ does for us. So what does it do? It changes our approach to God. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that, that session. I think it was eight, um, eight or nine. 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 Um, listen to episode, uh, uh, session nine. It'll be in the episodes, but the blood of Christ. And so, you know, it allows us to go boldly before the throne because God sees the blood of Christ, not our, not our mm-hmm. sin, right? Not our sins. And so we can go boldly before him, even if we've made mistakes. It also changes our, our response to Satan. So when he says, uh, you're bad, you've done this, you, we can say, yeah, you're right, we have, but the blood, <laughs> you know, yeah. it shuts him up. So if I don't receive that, that I don't live a life fully um, alive in Christ, because I let guilt and shame and all those things into my life, and, and it changes the way I walk out as in my faith, and so if I'm not walking out that, that way, that my faith out that way, then when I try to disciple others, then it's going to be hard to teach them or model for them how they can walk that, that freedom out in their life. And the same with the cross. Like, if there's ever anything that you can believe but not receive, it's like, yeah, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me, and my, and my sin was, was dead in that moment, and now the power of sin is dead in my life. Well, we all know, based on that session, session 10, that we still struggle with sin. So it's like, wait a minute, I believe it, but how do I receive that? And I think to really live the fullness of salvation and the fullness of our life, it's this two, these, these two parts together, and it's this receiving. It's getting in the wheelbarrow. It's stepping out on that, that, that rickety uh, uh, bridge, bridge and, and, and just trusting that, that God is going to show up. Yeah, I think in one of the articles that we, you know, read for this session, they say it's a transfer of trust, right? So it's a transfer of trust for me believing that I can earn my salvation. I can do enough good things. I can, you know, do all the right stuff in order to be saved and transferring that trust over to God and believing that he did it for me. I didn't do anything. He's the one that did it. And, um, and that's kind of how you make your faith real. It's that letting go, letting go of, of myself, letting go of what I can do, of what I believe, and holding on to yeah. what he's done for me. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it it is totally that, and it's a, it's a recognition of the fact that we're 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 worth not worthless. We we are um, unable to solve our own our own problem, which is right. which is sin. sin. We were yeah. born sinners. That's right. We can't do anything about that. Yeah, there was the only way that we can have a relationship at all with God is because of Jesus and what he did for us. Yeah. So salvation is very personal. And, and, you know, I just want to point this out. I I think most people going through ordinary men, ordinary women are already saved. But if you're listening to this and and you haven't accepted Jesus in your heart, just know it's a personal thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not saved because you were, you were born into a Christian home. You're, You're not saved because your parents and your grandparents followed Jesus. Like, I hear people at times say, I'm a Christian, and when, when they say it. Since I was born. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I know, and I know some of these people, and I, I just know, <clears throat> I know their walk and, and, and really what they believe, and, and they're just saying they're a Christian because their family was Christian and mm-hmm. because they, they went to church when they were a kid. But it's really a personal relationship, and I think – while I, I think most people listening will get that, I think it's really important to point out that like, if you have not made it a personal relationship, if you have not asked him into your heart, if you have not uh, transferred your trust and faith into him and believe and receive what he has done for you, then you need to do that. And, and you can do that very simply today. And uh, as we said in some other podcasts, we would love to be part of that process and experience. So please reach out to us. And Emily and I would love to to talk that through with you and, and, and walk that out in your life. If that, if that's you listening. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like what um, the author said too, in that article, he said something about connecting what I knew to what I felt. So taking it from that knowledge to that personal relationship, like what you just said, that personal conviction um, and making it your own. Absolutely. Yeah. So what else do we have here? I would point out that Jesus makes it really clear that um, that following out and accept it, following out our our salvation and accepting Him is there's a lot of challenge with it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so um, I, I wrote I said when Jesus calls you to follow Him, He's not asking for a favor. He's not hoping you associate with Him as a Christian and simply carry on as you were. Jesus is calling you to literally follow Him. This requires that you act, that you change, and that you pursue Him with all your heart. And if you find that challenging, don't take my words for it. Open up the Bible and read what it says. So like in Matthew seven fourteen, Jesus talks about the narrow gate, saying only a few find it. And in John uh, 1, 2, 3 through 6, we read, Now by this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. We who say he abides in him, ought himself also to walk just as he walked. And so, I mean, it says, I know him and does not keep his commandments as a liar, and the truth is not in mm-hmm. him. I mean, again, these are, these are Jesus' words. These are not Jeremy's words. Um, and he says that only a few find the narrow gate. And so there's a lot of challenge in, in this, this process of accepting him and believing and receiving in what Christ has done for us. Right. I find it challenging when you say we ought to walk uh, just as he walked. Like, what does that look like practically in our lives to walk like Jesus walked? What do you think? Well, I think it's a good idea to go back to his life and to watch what he did. I think most importantly, 
and this is what I think what, when it comes down to discipleship, people look at your lives, you always have somebody following you, right? Whether you're a disciple, whether you're intentionally trying to be a disciple or not, you are, you're discipling people, people are watching, somebody is following your example, whether it's your children or, you know, a friend or a neighbor or whatever. And I think that Christians and non-Christians always have a breaking point, And that is when trials and conflict comes into their life. So the way that you choose to handle it is what people see. And, and that is what I think like splits the line between a Christian and non-Christian. So like when I look at Jesus life and I think, how do I walk like him? And I watched what he did when he was uh, stressed, you know, like by the crowds, when, when things were kind of closing in on him and he was preaching all the time, he was surrounded by people. Like, what did he do? He went off to the mountains and he prayed, you know, and sometimes he prayed all night or he got up early in the morning and he went to be with his father. Like, those are the things, you know, when people responded to him in anger or tried to trap him, he responded in love and compassion. Um, he asked a lot of questions. I think mm-hmm. that's something to, um, to consider as well. But the way that he lived his life, I mean, we have it for us in four different books in the Bible, like very clearly to show us how to walk. But I think that that one thing, like when trials come, when stress comes, when anxieties come, when worries come, you know, when we're faced with illness or faced with death or whatever it is, the way that we respond is what people see. That's what they remember the most, in my opinion. And that's the best opportunity to share your faith. Yeah. So to kind of wrap it up and bring it full circle, I I think what you said is, is really what we're trying to say in this, this principle of discipleship, accept him, which is on the surface, it looks like you just have to, uh, you have to be saved. You have to be born again. You have to accept Jesus as your Lord and savior. And, and I agree with that. That is a minimal uh, <laughs> prerequisite to be a disciple. Uh, first, we must follow him to have others follow him, right? Um, but I think the challenge for those of us listening that have been believers for a, a, a long period of time, or even maybe not a long period of time, but, but you're, you're, belie- you're a believer, you, you profess your faith in Christ, but now is this concept of receiving what he's done for us and walking that out. Because as we talked about in the last podcast, discipleship is more caught than taught. It's modeled. Right. It's modeled more than than a teaching, and mm-hmm. it's both. Don't get me wrong. It's certainly a teaching, and it's it's certainly something that we need to to um, to learn about. But I think when you make disciples, a lot of times you find that it's the life that you modeled, and them following you um, in your in the way of you following Christ is what what really leads them to be a disciple that makes disciples. And I think the only way that we can really do that and do that well is to receive what Jesus has done for us. And doing that can be quite hard at times. And that's why I said this concept seems very simple on the, on the surface, but is very deep, actually, because, I mean, I don't think the day, I think the day I die, I will still struggle with accepting fully what Jesus has done for me, because I don't think my mind can fully grasp it. Uh, I know yeah. it can't. And, and as I pull back a layer and understand something, then there's something else that I can't quite grasp or understand. And his grace is so abundant. Maybe one of these I'll get, I'll get uh, without choking up a little bit. But uh, his grace is so abundant that I, it's impossible for me to understand and receive everything that he's done for me. But the challenge that I have, <clears throat> given myself, is 
to, to every day try more and more to receive it and to ask the Lord for more and more faith and more and more trust in him that I can truly walk out what he's done for me. Because uh, sometimes where I am... Um, um, where I am in life doesn't feel, <laughs> it doesn't feel like maybe I think it should knowing what Jesus has done for me. And, um, and that makes it tough to walk out at times. But, um, I think it's really important that we do that. And as, as, as disciples that, that hopefully want to make disciples that, that we try hard daily to walk it out because as we walk it out and find more and more of those freedoms, as we receive more and more of what he's done for us, then more and more people around us can see that in our lives and it will help build their faith and trust and allow them to walk it out as well. Absolutely. And it's that receiving part that's so important. Receiving is grace every single day for me, especially. Um, it's so, it's one of those, like I think about it, like my parents always said, you get what you pay for. And this is one of those instances where it could not be further from the truth, right? If it looks to be, if it looks too good to be true, then it, then it is, well, this is for real blows away all of those cliche statements. Yeah. It's a free gift that is nothing that we deserve, but the most amazing thing that we could ever, ever receive. That's right. So, you know, it kind of, as kind of my last thought is it, it takes me back to our podcast on the, the Holy Spirit. And I think in order to fully receive what God has done for us and what he wants for us, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives to bring that revelation and that understanding to us. And as it said, he confirms in us that we are children of God. And I need that confirmation every day. I I need that confirmation that what he has done for me uh, is something that I can receive. And it's not based on my merit. It's not based on how good I've been or how bad I've been. It's not based Mm -hmm. on... Uh, the family I grew up in, it's none of that. It's based on what Jesus did on the cross, and I just need to receive it and uh, and walk it out. So, Yeah, absolutely. Great. See, that wasn't that hard. Well, yeah, I, I guess not. <laughs> All of this stuff can be kind of hard to talk through in a podcast. It's, it's uh, you know, I'm not... I'm not a, uh, I'm not necessarily a, a guru at any of this stuff. I'm just an ordinary guy that God's called to do it. So hopefully just some getting of, people interested. So they dig deeper for themselves. That's right. Right. That, that's just what a I little taste. That's what I hope. I mean, I mean it's like, uh, I feel like my faith is one of those things. Um, you, you, there's certain things in life that you just know with certainty. And it's like, you mm-hmm. know, so much more. Uh, in your heart and in your mind than you can express through your words. Does that, yeah. does that, does that make sense? Yes. At all? Yep. And I feel like every one of these podcasts, I'm like, man, if I could just express what's really in me. Uh, but you know, that's not, that's not what God, God called me to do what I'm doing and what you're doing. And, uh, and I'm just an ordinary guy and that's not an excuse. That's, that's more, um, that's certainly not an excuse. Uh, that's just saying that I'm walking out who he's made me. And, uh, I think we can all do that. And, and have a huge impact on the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, well, Emily, thank you so much for uh, helping me through this session. I appreciate your wisdom. I can't wait for the next one. And what is the next one? Know him. Know him. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a good one. That has two parts to it as well, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like the two-part things. <laughs> know him. Tune in next time for Know Him. All right, Emily, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Guys, thanks for listening. Hope you guys got a lot out of it. And until next time, let's do this.